The Ectoplasm Show is brought to you by North KC's Big Rip Brewing Company. Lighten up dark matter, have a craft beer. Hello everyone, this is Jason, and this is the Ectoplasm Show, episode 384. We're almost to 400. It should be coming up soon. I, uh, I'll i try to make sure Josh gets in on that one, as he's still going to be taking a break for a while. But on this episode, we have Larry back. How's it going, Larry? Pretty good. How you doing? Good. How did, uh, how did you think the Ecto-Files turned out? I, I thought it looked amazing. Uh, yeah. Yeah, you haven't was, had a chance to read it yet because you just got your copy, actually. Yeah, I saw the I saw the post though with the 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 way you had it formatted and mm. set up. I thought it was pretty cool. Yeah, we got some feedback on it actually, so I'll go into that from I believe it's Josh in Texas. He's been a patron for a long time. He's actually been our biggest patron for a long time. Cool. Well, at least as far as time and overall patronage um well done on the first installment of the ecto files that is something i was missing in my life and didn't even know it waiting for the next one is going to be a killer bravo jason he also said previously hey jason nice solo show my favorite parts were the jokes and commentary you had while reading the info good stuff i also got a good solo shows who needs josh anyways (laughs) that slacker iowa corn fed living bitch I got my ectophiles in the mail today. Looking forward to more shows. Let's see. That is from... Oh, it's a local number. I believe I know who that is. Shaggy said... um, Larry, this one's specifically pointed towards you. Bring it, Shaggy. Don't apologize on the show. (laughs) And I called you out. I knew that was going to come up. It says, yeah, that's good sauce. Great episode, guys. I've never heard about USOs with that type of appearance. Very interesting. And then he, after he finished the episode, he said, Bro, I sent that message last before I heard you tell the news about Huck. And yeah, he was there at Malvern, because I couldn't quite remember, with his wife. And they loved Malvern. It was one of the favorite places. And we planned to go back, spending three nights there. And I'm really going to miss him. Thanks again, man. I really appreciate it. Now we have a phone call. Oh, well, so if uh, any of you out there are wondering what the Ectophiles is, it's a monthly newsletter, like a conspiracy occult rag that'll get mailed out to all our Ectoplus members, which is our Patreon. So if you go to patreon.com backslash Ectoplasm Show, you can join for eight bucks a month and you'll get extra episodes, which not even Larry has heard because he's not a member of it. Um, we've done a few of those, including one that we released yesterday. I had Sleepy Jesse on, and it only lasted about a half an hour. It's not his fault, but, well, it kind of was. But uh, We just released that episode about scary camping stories, and there's been a few other episodes put out there. This month, we will have a Josh and I episode of Paranormal News at some point for that as well, so... Go to ectoplasmshow.com, and you can find our Patreon through there and join. And if you join by December 15th, you will still be able to get the first edition of the Ectophiles. But if you wait until after that, you won't be able to get it, at least not for some time. We might release it in the future. I don't know. Larry, turn off your vibration over there. Sorry. That's right. So let's get into (laughs) the phone call. We have a phone call from someone we haven't heard in quite some time. I thought maybe actually Josh had scared him off because Josh was like a shill for the government at one point. Let's give this a play. Hey, hey. this is Lee Bums. I gave you guys uh, some uh, uh, some numbers, uh, some some letters a while ago on uh, 
on a, on some information on, you know what I mean, time travel stuff and, you know what I mean, uh, whatever they're called. But I got another one for you to look up, man. Check it out. TR-3B. Just Google that, man. Like, that, yeah. <laughs> you'd be, you'd be entertained by it. Also, did you see that they found, uh, some, man, people think I'm crazy, homie, but not all birds are fake. Some of them are fake, homes. <laughs> I've been saying it for years. And, uh, I guess they found a couple. They found one that was a dove and it looked great. And then I think it was made by the Chinese government. And then there was another one that wasn't so good that was like black that looked like a crow. But I think that was like the Russian government or somebody. But yeah, they found them. I'm like, yeah, I'm not crazy. Crazy like a fox. All right, you guys be safe, man. I didn't know. It sounds like Chong hit the bong a little too hard there. No, actually, I like. I, <laughs> I like that his was stuff. Um, he does have a personality. Um, the the whole fake bird things that's yeah. been around for a long time. Um, we've never done an episode on it. Maybe it's time to look into it a little bit deeper. I've read some about it and. Maybe some birds are fake, but I don't think they need birds to watch us anymore. I mean, everybody's got a phone in their hand, yeah. so maybe there is birds out there. The The thing he mentioned on the T the TR, I looked it up when I listened to the, the call before, and if I remember right, it was something to do with some technology that they might be using for either time travel or... I don't remember. I'll have to look it up. You guys can look it up out there, and we'll get back to that in the future. Hopefully check that out. What are we talking about today? Actually, first, I do have to mention one more thing. I have to mention podbelly.com, our network. Go to podbelly.com and say hey to everybody over there. There are a lot of good shows on that site, including We're Not Sure Yet, Nerds on Topic, and Do It Doug. But Do It Doug hasn't had a show come out in a while. They are founding members, so they're still there. It is a Kevin Smith verse or whatever. What is that? A skew, a skew, a view, a view, a skew verse episode or show. That's from Sam Culper. So go check that out. So Larry, what are we, what are we talking about today? Uh, so I wanted to talk today about, uh, not necessarily moon shadows, but phenomenon related to the moon. All right. So people seeing objects on the moon, passing by the moon, seeing shapes on the moon, mm-hmm. uh, just everything related to that. Because I find that stuff fascinating. Sure. And we actually, uh, I kind of wanted mm-hmm. to talk about it later on in the show. We kind of actually had an experience a couple weeks ago. We did. And I think I think I mentioned it briefly on the episode where I was driving. But only that we will be talking about it, and, and because we were going out there. I, you know, I, I, I've thought about it a lot since it happened, and I'm really regretting that we didn't like because we were out in the middle of nowhere that we didn't stop. The yeah, car. we were trying to get somewhere. Yeah, it was weird that uh, to set up the scene. We were driving out to where we're driving out to after this episode. Actually, we're going to drive back out to this place that I talked about on the last episode um, of me oh, the driving out there the the 1111 owl yeah. ufo owls that's what they called the episode um we're going back out there again tonight i was actually out there last night did you get the same feeling no not really it was i'm i'm making a video of it which i'll continue tonight there was some strange there was there wasn't there were two things that happened that were probably just normal things one of them was, um, so on. Th- I think it was Thursday night, there was uh, the peak of a meteor shower. So we're still in the middle of it right now. When I first got out there, there was a bright flash. Really? The only way that it could have been a meteorite is if it was traveling directly towards my eye line. Because huh. it didn't streak across the sky. It was a bright flash in just... in a spot in the sky that there was no plane. And I verified that, at least on radar, what I could see. And then later there were some more meteorites flying through, but they were all flying across the sky, not flashing. So with the, the flash that you saw, was it like that flash we saw? Yes, but brighter, actually. But brighter. Yeah, brighter. Didn't, didn't see any shadow people that night? No. No. I mean, I, I was by myself. 
I didn't see any. I didn't see anything weird. There were a lot of deer out there. Yep. And then there was one, and I know that deer do this, and it made me jump actually. <laughs> I was walking do. through the cemetery, and I had seen this deer walk out of the cemetery like five minutes before, but it must have been waiting on the edge. It started huffing. It goes <laughs> like it. It can do that. A deer do that when they're intimidated. Sometimes oh, I've never heard a deer. Do I've that. I've heard it. It's not very often. But then it, I like heard all this other noise out in the field, and I, I'm assuming it was the deer. It did that huffing sound several times as it was running away. Maybe it's like a warning, because in the you know, white-tailed deer, their their tails go up to signal the other deer around that there's danger, but you can't see that in the dark very well. So maybe the huffing sound has to do with that. I do know that they do it. I don't know exactly what the thing was. So I had both of those things happen. The rest of the night, I was just kind of sitting around. So do you think it was more of a huffing as uh, a danger warning to you, like get away, or do you think it was trying to warn you of something else? That uh, I don't think it was worried about. I think it was because of me. It was because of you. I I honestly, it just made me jump. It was kind of funny. Um, I'm pretty sure it was the deer. Almost positive. Um, but that's about all I had happen. But so the first time. The first time we ever went out there, I had never been to the cemetery before that time we saw the moon shadows. Yeah, that was... Um, we were driving, we were on a gravel road. Actually, we were on a pavement road at that time. We hadn't gotten off of the yeah, gravel road yet. And we were looking at the moon, and we were trying to race the clouds in the sky. But the clouds were on the other side of the sky. Because when we left Kansas City, there were no clouds in the sky, if you yeah. remember right. And we were getting close... We were getting off. We could see a line of clouds coming in, but they weren't there yet. Mm-mm. And the moon was starting to rise. It was probably at 5, 10 degrees maybe, maybe a little bit higher, 15. And there were dark patches moving across the moon. Yeah, and it, and it was weird because they were, we, we knew they weren't clouds because they were, they were solid. It was the density because yeah. most every cloud that we could see in the sky was a light thin layer of clouds and it couldn't have been anything natural in the atmosphere because at certain points they were moving at different speeds Mm. if you remember correctly yeah i found that weird and they like one of them almost kind of swirled yeah in front of the moon and then it stopped and well and then the moon went behind the clouds and we got to the cemetery and then the whole night was kind of the bugs were eating us and so maybe we'll see that again tonight but actually the moon the moon didn't rise last night until really late or early in the morning so and and it couldn't have been like a a flock of birds really high up in the sky i mean i don't know it's too dense it was a solid whatever it was it was a solid shadow yeah and And we call it a shadow because of the color but that it wasn't I don't think it was an actual shadow that was cast on the moon i think it was just something in front of the moon that looked like a shadow so it could have been closer to our atmosphere than the moon's I think atmosphere. the way that it was moving, it had to be, honestly. Yeah. Unless it was some... It would have had to be huge. If it's closer to the... The closer it oh, gets yeah. to the moon, the moon, the bigger it would have to be. Yeah, if it was if it was extremely close to the moon, some of them would have been, you know, a couple hundred miles long. Yeah. But anyways, so we had that happen, and it intrigued you to look into this stuff. Yeah. Um... Actually, I got a few things that we can bring up before we get into it. Some facts and other weird things that I found out about the moon. Some of them I, I kind of mentioned on the moon bef- or on the show before in the past. We've done moon episodes, but uh, not really like this. So, do you know that there's somebody buried on the moon? No, he's not technically buried on the moon, and they're actually thinking about allowing this company that's called Lunar. Oh, no. Elysium Space. Oh, that's a horrible name. They're launching a lunar memorial service, and they're already selling this service, but they're not able to come through. They're trying to get the means to do so, where you can send up to one gram of your ashes to the moon. But there is somebody's ashes already on the moon. So, I mean, how does that work? Because environmentally, it's not sound, because in, in the vacuum of space, nothing's biodegradable. Well, ash is sterile, and is it? Yeah, and it's it doesn't it doesn't need to biodegrade. But doesn't it still have DNA fragments? 
I mean, I don't know how well they actually, like, how complete it's burnt. Because that's how you start. But ash is pure. Ash is technically pure carbon. If it's pure ash, it's pure carbon, and it doesn't need to biodegrade. Okay. I don't know Um, much about it. I mean, that's why they do cremation anyways, right? Um, But there's a guy, his name is Dr. Eugene Shoemaker. He was honored by NASA who sent his ashes to the moon in a lunar prospector vehicle in 1998. It took off from the South Pole, and it reached the moon in 1999 and crashed into the moon. So technically his ashes are up there. They crashed it in the moon on purpose. Did they crash it on the the light side or the dark side? Well, that's another thing we're going to go into. It's called light side and dark side, but there's not really a light side and dark side. Well, yes. There's, we can see 59% of the moon's surface, and we can only see that surface, that 59%, because of something that's called libration mm-hmm. that allows us to see slightly over the edge of the moon. Um, but the moon is not actually a, a, a sphere either. It's more of a lemon shape, but it's the, 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 the gravity force of the Earth pulls the bottom side a little bit closer to us and the top side is a little bit lighter and it's elongated out our view of the moon is a sphere because of the way gravity is and the way that it sits up there but if you look at it from the side it's not a sphere it probably has a lot to do with like the refraction of the light and the 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 curvature of our earth as well well i mean there is that but it it also has to do with yeah it looks like a a sphere from the bottom because if you picture an egg looking up from the bottom it's round that makes sense um and the 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 center of the moon like the the center of the moon the gravitational heavy center of the moon is actually shifted closer to earth it's not directly in the center of the egg shape okay um yeah there is no dark side of the moon because the other side of the moon gets light. So we do see it. We don't see it. We don't see it. We see 9% of what's on the other side of the moon because of this strange effect that bends the light. Okay. But all parts of the moon get as much light as any other part of the moon. We just can't see it. We just can't see it because it, we're locked in a synchronous gravitational... Um, because And actually the moon does spin, mm-hmm. but it spins on an axis... That's pointed towards us. Yeah, so we're, we're, we're seeing the like we're seeing through the table. It'd be like looking down at the North spinning. Pole, yeah. or looking at the top of the South, or about uh, up through the South Pole. So yeah, there's no there's no dark side of the moon, um, but there is a side of the moon that we can't see from Earth. And in the last 2019, China actually. Claim that they landed a lander. They were the only, they're the only country to ever land on the back side of the moon. On the far side of the moon, I guess you could say. Um, I never I didn't read into what they said they saw there. So just a random quick question that's been going through my head for the past couple minutes. Going back to this Elysium to where you know people can pay money to have, you know, certain grams of their ashes mm. jettisoned towards the moon. You know, if if this becomes popular and a lot of people start doing it, say a hundred years from now, we actually someone some country actually decides to go back to the moon and start taking samples. They're gonna be taking samples. Yeah, of people. I mean, what what are they gonna do if they they discover? Oh my God, there's there's human DNA in the soil, or something. If that's possible. Is this gonna is this gonna cause a controversy? Like, are people gonna? Think I don't that think that's, so. Um, life beyond, like proof of life beyond Earth, or is it? According to the Google, human ash, like cremated remains do not carry any DNA. Okay. Um, there are, there could possibly be bones and teeth, but I don't know what the process is, honestly, of what's dealt with that, because obviously they don't all burn away. Yeah, and obviously they wouldn't send that up there. I don't think so. Yeah. They 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 crush crush that down into a fine powder called pulverization <laughs> i don't know if that has dna in it or not um i don't know um it doesn't you can do it from bone shards interesting i would think that they would know yeah i mean you, you would plus wanna... there's i mean so yeah there's 
this this whole episode is going to be well this whole part's going to be assuming that we actually went right yeah but another point even though the capsule is sealed and the like the the astronauts are sealed in their suits when they're outside the capsule there's still things brought to the moon that have human dna on the outside of it so it would be there already plus that's true our i don't know if it would survive but our you know every planet sheds in a way yeah it's not what it's called but every planet we we have stuff on our planet from mars like rock and other things from mars from impacts and other things and there's seeding and the, and then there's 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 actually viruses up in the upper atmosphere i'm sure you know this that never really come down to earth level that we find all the time those probably at times get blasted out into space and who knows if they survive so i wouldn't be surprised if our remnants of us have traveled to the moon in that fashion yeah i could i could see that happening yeah sorry just drinking my uh elder flower lime gin cocktail in a can i'm drinking a twisted tea yeah um so yeah i mean uh let's go into oh i'll do a few more facts and then we'll go into um your moon shadow stuff one thing that i did find and i did not know this before this um a person on the moon or shadows that are actually on the moon, like from a crater or something on the moon that casts a shadow, they are darker than the shadows on earth because of the way the right light reflects through our refracts, refracts through our atmosphere. Astronauts reported that while they were on the moon, if they looked at something that was in shadow, they couldn't, it was complete black. There was no light. You couldn't see something in the shadow of something else. It was complete lack of light. Interesting. Um, that's almost terrifying it says they were walking around the, the moon and it's the way that it's light scatters but on the moon it's absent everything the sun didn't shine directly on was completely black and when astronomers stepped into the shadows they couldn't see anything like even themselves I wonder what that effect is called I'm sure it just has to do with the light refraction. I don't know if it has an actual name. I mean, it might in and, science. And it it might have something to do with the, the moon truly doesn't have an atmosphere of its own for the light rays to bounce off There's of. an atmosphere, but I don't know if it affects light, honestly. Yeah. Uh, there is there is a slight atmosphere. Um, what was that? Did you see that? Was that your computer that just flashed? Maybe. I was opening up a new tab. The whole room just lit up. <laughs> It says, despite the airless appearance, both Mercury and the Moon have thin, tenuous atmospheres with no detectable gases, but they are not atmosphere-free. So it must have something to do with the, the absence of those gases preventing the light from bouncing back and forth mm-hmm. to create yeah. visibility, basically. But the whole Moon reflects light back to Earth. Yeah. Which is, which is weird. <laughs> yeah, it is. It's... Um, well, that's another thing that I that I. So you know how the moon can look different colors, right? Yeah. It can look different colors, and it, it's kind of when it's at the the. That is not, just, the light coming back through, that gets changed color. No, yeah, because I mean, like the harvest moon that they call, where you see it, it's like orangish red. It's from like fires, like field fires and stuff. That I've been told that it is the gases, but it's not. So what I mean is, so the the light coming from the the sun, bouncing off the earth or moon and coming back through, and then the change happens. That's not always how it works. Really? Most of the time, the light comes through Earth's atmosphere first, changes color, and actually projects that color onto the moon. Interesting. And then the reflection comes back, and we see that. So if you were on the moon, you would be bathed in that color light as well. I didn't know that until I looked that up today. That's interesting. Because I always thought it just changed color as it was coming back through the atmosphere. But that's not the case. That makes me wonder if you're... you're, uh, So you're standing on the surface of Mars. Is the moon going to be a different color? I don't know. I don't know if you... Obviously, I don't think you could see the moon. Well, I mean, it would be You're talking about Mars or moon? We, we would barely be able to see Earth. I mean, we would be able to see Earth. It would look like we see. We see Mars. It just looks like a bright star in the sky, right? Yeah, that's true. We wouldn't be able to see our moon. Maybe with a telescope, 
yeah, I mean, so theoretically, if if you could see the moon through some kind of device, Earth's moon from Mars, if that's happening, the moon would be that color. Yeah, that's at, at least the side that's facing the Earth. Mm-hmm. Um, I already talked about the moon being a different shape. the The average temperature on the moon ranged from negative three hundred eighty seven to two hundred sixty degrees Fahrenheit. Holy shit. That's a huge range. Because uh, there's no real atmosphere to change it. Um, the nuke, the U.S. considered nuking the moon in the 1950s. Oh yeah, that sounds like a brilliant idea. It was, t- it was so, it was, it was just before the space race, but it was part of the space race technically. It was to be a show of force. <laughs> we can't get because there. No something one's get there. The, the, they would basically the idea behind it was. If no, it wouldn't be. It wouldn't blow up the moon. It might damage the moon, but it wouldn't like even the yield of the. It wouldn't like crack the moon open, or it wouldn't. It wouldn't like mess up the moon really. It would obviously clear the landscape there and be radiation for whoever knows how long. But the reason that they were going to do it was because it was something that could be seen from Earth from everybody on Earth. So they wanted to show that might and power. We're gonna sh- we're gonna detonate a nuclear weapon on the moon so that the Russians can see it and know that we have that power. That is the most childish thing I think I've ever. <laughs> I mean, it didn't happen, but that was a serious. It was in serious contention. Oh, wow. It wasn't just like a passing thought. They had actually planned it out. <laughs> so uh, I mean, it, it makes me wonder though if if they had done that. Would the radiation remain remnant on the surface if that atmosphere is so so thin and devoid of gas, or would it just dissipate into space? I would say that the most likely the moon dust would collect it. Okay. When, before the first time we landed on the moon, they were actually worried that the lunar modules and the people would sink into the moon dust because they didn't know the consistency yeah. of it. They thought that it could be you know feet and hundreds of feet deep yeah they were worried about landing on it and sinking into it i i don't know how long it would stay around in the atmosphere obviously not as much as here yeah um and it would probably be blown away from earth it wouldn't be able to repenetrate earth's atmosphere i don't think no but it wouldn't it wouldn't become a zone of saturation that we we wouldn't physically be able to go to without being sick or harmed as long as something like on earth I would say that having to go through the Van Allen belt to get to the moon is probably worse, worse than so that. Um, the moon is moving away from Earth. It's moving away at about the same pace that your fingernails grow. But it'll be 500 million years before it's, like, free of Earth. Did you find anything? Because I've always heard that it's true and haven't really looked into it. And I'm sure it's common knowledge, so if, you know, it is true, then I feel like a dumbass. But... Um, that if we didn't, if something were to happen to the moon, like we did nuke it and it cracked or something, our world would basically be destroyed because it, it controls the the tides, the the ocean levels, and all that kind of stuff. There, it would it would definitely really affect the Earth and life on Earth. But the only thing that would potentially completely destroy life on earth as if it came crashing back yeah. into earth if it was gone if it like just say it is something blew it away and it was gone and it or it moved away from Earth somehow it would be devastating to a lot of things and and overall the ecology of the earth would probably have to reset in some way yeah. and humans might die off but it wouldn't kill off the planet i okay. don't think um and there is and it's all theory, but the theory of life, right, is they developed in pools, tide pools, originally from the moon pulling yep. water around. And um, I don't know. I could be wrong in that, but I would think that the only way that it would completely kill off the planet now is if it crashed into the planet after it blew up. Um, the last fact I have is the moon has its own time zone. And it's not like time. It's not like time zones on Earth, not at all. Um, but it technically has its own time zone. It's called the Lunar Standard Time. 
it doesn't correspond with any time on earth well it does but not not in the sense of time zones um a year on the moon is divided into 12 days each about as long as an earth month so they're basing it on the orbit of the earth not the orbit of the moon around the sun they're basing it on the orbit of the moon like well not the orbit um says each day is named after a different astronaut who has walked on the moon because there's been 12 well now the chinese but uh the days are divided into 30 cycles which are then divided into hours minutes and seconds on the calendar oh and it didn't start until neil armstrong's foot touched the moon that was year one day one cycle one began january 21st 1969 at 256 15 universal time so he was like the jesus christ of the moon well i don't well, <laughs> jesus christ didn't start time yeah, was, on the united states um, we have the calendar that's based on his birth yeah well, so i mean basically day zero yeah zero. but if you think about it he was born on christmas and the year resets 10 days later that's true so <laughs> and there's plenty of time before jesus christ but the the, the new calendar ad yeah reset old mr alien so back on the on the the whole time thing i I don't know if anybody's ever seen the movie interstellar um Mm -hmm. where the closer you get to a magnetic pool time slows down so is there any significant difference between time on the moon spent and time on the earth so say you were on the moon and you spent 10 days on the moon, does that correlate to 10 Earth days? Or is it like 10 and a half, 11 Earth days? I don't. Um, I, I don't know. Um, let's see. On the moon. If anybody knows, please like call us and, and or leave a message and let us know. It says time passes about... 0.66 parts per, per billion faster on the moon than the earth interesting so it's not so, perceivable yeah, it's not perceivable but there is a difference it wouldn't be 10 days to one no, day yeah, no, no. <laughs> all right so let's get let's get to your moon shadow <laughs> stuff over here so the throughout history people have always talked about you know seeing faces or seeing images and, and, and shapes of all different types on the moon um, you're talking about the physical features the interpretation of physical features the interpretation of physical features yes and in shadows in in the crevices and all that kind of stuff so, changing shadows or no so basically like you know how we say we, we can see the man in the moon yeah, so I would consider that physical features. Physical features, yes. The shadows, yeah. Yes, but different different cultures throughout history have associated the the combination of what's visible at the time of all those features differently. Uh, something that we call uh, matrixing or par- pareidolia mm-hmm. is, is what it's called. You know, uh, the tendency to see familiar objects and people in the paranormal shapes. field know that well. I would say most do. Yeah. So it's pretty common, but uh, the man in the moon specifically is a parallel—word so hard—a matrixing effect that is in the northern hemisphere of the moon, um, and the different lunar seas make up the man's face. So you have the Sea of Serenity and rain are his eyes, the Sea of Clouds forms his mouth, and the Sea of Islands and vapors make up his nose. So if you look closely, you can see two eyes of bulbous nose and a uh and a, and a mouth but throughout the world different cultures like i have said see different things based on their beliefs their religions their culture so you know people in china or chinese cultures see a rabbit or a hare which is another word for rabbit yeah I'm curious on the moon um and in Korea, they see a rabbit making mochi or tea. 
which is pretty impressive because I don't see. Is shit machi on. the actual word for tea in Japanese? I mean, I see that it's always green in the United States. Is and that <laughs> is that green tea? I thought it was kind of like a herb or. I thought mochi were those little like chewy candy things like that look like snowballs. <laughs> I thought it was machi. M a. M o c h i. Oh, I don't know what that is then. Mochi or machi. You're thinking of matcha. M a t c h i. Matcha. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So in England, um, especially in the English colonies, they claim to see the the shadow of a, a female heroine on the moon, which took place a lot of. Belief. Which part is the boobs? <laughs> they didn't say that. Oh, that's. I know. <laughs> I mean, uh, okay. But this was back in Elizabeth Elizabethan England when you know they were, you know, big into like the female form and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And art. And, and they're not now. Well, not, I mean, not as much as, like, I mean, when you look at the, the Elizabethan artists back in the day, I mean, they were literally all trying to sculpt and draw women. It's, it's, it's weird. Oh, uh, yeah. But. What, what time period would Michelangelo be? Long before that, I guess, right? Jesus, Long yeah. before Elizabethan? I have no Cause idea. Because he, he liked penises. Yeah, he did. He liked <laughs> men. <laughs> I, a thing I found out about the, the statue of David not too long ago is it's it's actually like 18 feet tall or something like that. Yeah, it's it's not like what you think it is no. what, just from photos. It do, you can't have no scale. Yeah, it's I had no idea. Your house. Like, I don't. I don't know. I don't know exactly how tall it is. It's a lot taller than than I thought it was. So the one that I thought was the, the weirdest instance of what a culture sees on the 17 moon, foot. Were that of the Shia Muslims? Yeah. Which uh, we're gonna—I'm gonna have to like look into this and with my telescope and see if it's actually true. But the Shia Muslims believe. Does it depend on where you are on the planet when you see this? That's. that's do you have possible. to be be in the Middle East? I do not know that for a fact. That could be possible. Okay. Um, but they. Claim you would think that it would be the same though, because we're almost close to the same. Uh, same point on the earth just on the other side yeah yeah so the, our viewpoint would be the same the, i would think in the way it spins yeah because it doesn't change based on uh eastern and western hemispheres it changes based on like the, the southern and northern hemispheres, yeah if I'm not i think mistaken. so but they claim to see the name of ali ibi talib written in the shadows of the moon i haven't looked up to see who this person is, but obviously he was someone important. We'll have to look <laughs> it up and look. Well, if we'll see the moon tonight, when does moon rise tonight? Moon rise tonight is oh, it's not going to rise until seven twenty-four a.m. We will not be out there then. Wow! So it's going to be. <laughs> dark as hell it was dark last night was it uh, it, would, it was beautiful too i mean full like i'm talking like so you it's kind of a mound out there right yeah. we're gonna go by a different cemetery first that i found on the way out there that's a pretty cool one oh, too awesome. it's right down the road almost but the it's probably the clearest we've seen of the milky way okay even though emporia is close there it's you can see the entire like sky really? up there. Yeah, it was it was great, and it's supposed to be clear tonight. So hopefully no. Well, that's no, what it was no like the last time we went out there and we saw the shadows on the moon. It was supposed to be clear. Yeah. And then all was the closer we got, the worse it got. There wasn't a single thing in the sky last night, like no. cloud wise. So hopefully it's the same tonight. So I started. So other in other cultures, I'm not going to go into detail on all of them, but some people see, you know, lions, some people see toads, some people see elephants, crabs. Um, it, it just all depends on like that cultural belief and what mm-hmm. they, they, they interpret, which makes sense because that's our entire, you know, human knowledge is based on what we can interpret and what we understand yeah. from what we know. So I started looking into some like, historical like observations that people of, of renounce have witnessed on the moon and I came up with two cases that, that they witnessed on the moon from earth yes okay and, and uh, it's interesting because these two people that, that have seen it we'll get into detail are pretty prominent people they they have 
a connection to like science and and uh, what do you call it moon experience like study of the moon like okay. archaeologist but moon archaeologist let's see what that is yeah, um, I don't know what the term is called study moonology of <laughs> the moon name let's learn something new oh selenology 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 s-e-l-e-n-o-l-o-g-y is the study of moon's geology huh i wonder how much of the moon's made of selenium because that's i don't i don't know if there's much i don't know if that ties to that um yeah selenography interesting the study of the surface and physical features of the moon so the first, you'd think it'd be like lunaography or yeah, something like we, that. Yeah, or cheeseology or something. <laughs> so the first instance that I came across was uh, it happened on January seventh, nineteen twelve. So quite a while back, but still in the in the realm of we kind of know what's going on in the world, and we're we're pretty scientific minded, not like we are today, but two years before World War One. Yeah. So. Um, and this happened for nearly four hours that it was visible, but a pitch black shadow was observed traveling across the left cusp of the moon. The person who witnessed this was Dr. D.F. Harris, and he guessed that, just based on what he was seeing, that the distance across the moon's surface was roughly 2,000 miles, then the shadow had to have been at least 250 miles long and 50 miles wide. Um, he eliminated all probable explanations for the mysterious shadow, and um, he he mentioned that the shape of the shadow as it moved was in the shape of a crow as it's poised. So what that means... Like it was sitting? Uh, oh, kind, like, with its wings back while it's flying? But its legs kind of curled up like it's going gonna, it's gonna to perch, but its wings oh, okay. spread out. Kind of like, kind of like a an eagle does when it, it, it swoops in to grab prey off the water or the ground. Okay, or something. yeah. So, I did a little looking into who this Doctor D. F. Fraser was or D. F. Harris, and I, I found out that he was actually a Scottish professor of physiology and a writer from 1867 to 1937. Um, and he was, you'll find this interesting. He was extremely interested in parapsychology. Oh, okay. And attended seances with prominent spiritual mediums. I mean, who mediums, didn't back in the day? Yeah. Uh, prominent spiritualist mediums such as Helen Duncan and Rudy Schneider, which, if you if you look into those names, they were some of the, the I mean, anybody named Rudy. The what? I said anybody named Rudy. Yeah. <laughs> but they were, they were the ones that, like, you would see in, like, the newspapers and stuff back in the day that were... For horrible. seances? Uh-huh. I wonder what um, Houdini would have to say about them. I don't know. Didn't he attend quite a few? I think he was trying to. I think he was a debunker of them. Yeah. He was trying to debunk them, even though his plan at the end of life was to come through a seance to his wife after his death. So he kind of like he was trying to debunk them in life and then got his wife hooked on them after he <laughs> died the worst practical prank in I believe history. that's the I believe that's the case with him that's horrible it's <laughs> <laughs> like a slap to the face she's like how dare you outlive me <laughs> now i'm going to fuck with you for the rest of your life <laughs> so the second one uh, that i came across uh, happened in the 1950s. I didn't find out like exactly what day, what time this happened, but uh, several astronomers in Britain and the United States, <clears throat> excuse me, reported uh, phenomenon in the lunar craters. Uh, two reports concerned a luminous oval near the floor of Aristar- Aristarchus and a spectacular bridge-like structure outline and shadow in the Merichrysium. Mary Chrysium. Mary, Mary Chrysium. <laughs> the latter object, the bridge-like structure, um, had not been there but five weeks earlier, and a lunar expert in Britain 
by the name of Patrick Moore reported that he distinctly des- observed the bridge for over an hour. Um, so I started the bridge. So it was he could see space. Yes. Under the bridge, they could see it looks like, like a, it was, so it would be on the edge of like our view of the moon. I don't know if it was that or if it was a top down, but yes, like, like, like they could see the shadow outline of it that okay. it, it, they could see the structure, like they could see, like it was obviously a bridge of some sort, not Weird. just a, not just a line. Hmm. So I started looking into who this, this, uh, this Patrick Moore character was, and I came to find that. Uh, he was knighted. His name is actually Sir Patrick Alfred Caldwell Moore. And he was an English astronomer. Very prestigious name. Yeah. Who attained prominence in the field as a writer, researcher, radio commentator, and television presenter from 1923 to 2021, or 2012. Did he die in 2012? Yes. He was the president of the British Astronomical Association, co-founder and president of the Society for Popular Astronomy, and the author of several books on astronomy. This is the most interesting fact about this gentleman, though. He was the presenter on the world's longest-running television series. Can you guess what that name, the show name is? The News. The BBC's The Sky at Night. Oh, how long did it go for? I didn't find that out, but I was, I was like, how can that be the longest-running show in history? I've never even heard of it. Well, BBC, right? So maybe it doesn't air here in the United States. That, that's true. That's very you know true. What, well, you know what um, British show that it wasn't around very long? I can't fuck it. I had it in my head, and I just lost it. Trigger Happy TV. Did you ever see the clips of that? No. What was that about? It was, it was okay, so you see, it was, it was like a hidden camera show. But more of like a rough. It, it's pretty. If it, if no, if anybody out there hasn't seen Trigger Happy TV, just go to YouTube. They're on YouTube. It's from the '90s or early 2000s, and it's just this guy that goes around pranking people. Not <laughs> pranking people, but like one of the big things that he would do. It was around the time of cell when cell phones were rather new. He would carry like a three foot long <laughs> cell phone that looked like it, it, when he was holding it, it looked like a gym bag. But he would be like on a bus, right? And the the sound of a, a cell phone would start playing, like a something like that. Yeah. I can't remember the sound of it, but he would lift it up to his head and he'd, he'd yell, "Hello!" <laughs> really loud, trying to talk to somebody with everybody in the bus. On camera, but not knowing what's going on. Did they all jump? Well, of course they did. <laughs> I mean, he did that bit a lot in a lot of the episodes, but he did all kinds of other stuff. They do fake, like, you're the 1,000th customer to this store. He would actually physically run up to the front of the store and catch somebody walking in and act like he was a representative of the store, and they'd have all these people with balloons and stuff flying around. Oh, and cool. they, it, it, there's a lot of... It's, it, it was one of the... Not one of the first. I mean, obviously there were a lot of hidden camera shows before, but it it's a fun it's a funny one for sure. It's almost like the first impractical jokers. Karen and I have watched it. But well, practical jokers they kind of prank themselves. This is yeah. definitely just a hidden camera and practical joking kind of show. It's good. Because I think there was a uh, an English it was like caught on camera or something like that. Yeah. I think it was a name. That's interesting. I went to look that up. So, there, I, I found more instances of things being observed on the moon. Um, and a lot of them happened, interestingly, in what they call the, the Mare Crisium. So, I haven't really looked up to see exactly where that's located on the moon, but I figured we'd do that tonight and kind of keep an eye on it. All right. Well, we won't see the moon tonight. Oh, shit. Yeah, that's right. For, from here on out, we'll yeah. keep an eye on it. But All right. those were the two, only two that kind of like impressed me because of of who was involved in the actual sighting and observation. I mean, these guys were actually um, intelligent, and I hate to say that, but intelligent because everybody's intelligent in their own way. But they had credentials that that when you look into it, 
you know they're not going to make the story up to get famous or anything like that because they're already, you know, certified as as someone that's well known. So I find that interesting. Um, before that night that we saw the things on the moon, I've physically never experienced seeing anything on the moon, shadow wise, movement wise. Uh, I don't know about you, Jason. If you've experienced anything before. No, not really. I've seen videos of them, but not personal things. So, looking into these uh, these moon shadows, these moon shapes, I came across, and I would like to talk about this on a future podcast, because almost conspiracy-related, but it's also, there's a lot of stories out there of people witnessing this stuff. Um, giant... Uh, projections in the sky nice. in, the, in the earth's sky and you know what i'm talking about right? yeah like darpa stuff mm-hmm. yeah um and i would like to to get people's opinion whether or not they think that would be something worth talking about uh, i can already say yes and so <laughs> if anybody has experiences with anything like that i recommend getting in touch with us so that we can call you and talk to you about that yeah, or call or call or text us, 913-730-7255, or email us, or send us a social media post or message or wherever. Because that stuff fascinates me. But that's all I had on Moon Shadows for this evening. I have a couple more things. Awesome. I just looked up one article, Top 10 Proof of Aliens <laughs> on the Dark Side of the Moon. Aliens? You're going to make me choke. Aliens don't exist. Well, we'll just uh, we'll just tack this on to the end <laughs> of the episode. I haven't read it yet, just so everybody knows. Uh, it's from 2016. Top 10 proof of aliens on the dark side of the moon. Number one, astronaut Jim Irwin from Apollo 15 mission had filmed a video footage that shows an object resembling a flying saucer hovering on the surface of the moon. This object is in the video certainly gives the evidence that aliens are present on the dark side of the moon, but they don't show it in the article. Of course not. They're not going to let us see it. Well, yeah. Uh, number two, an orbit phot- photograph of the dark side of the moon taken by Apollo 11. Well, what is that picture? That's weird. Sorry. These pictures don't line up with what they're talking about. Anyways, an orbit Photograph of the dark side of the moon taken by Apollo 11 astronaut clearly shows a huge structure on the lunar grounds that resemble an alien base on the far side of the moon. There is a link. Let me open that up, see if I can see the photo. You've now been logged. Oh, it takes you to another article called Top 10 Underground Bases on Earth. <laughs> I don't know why. Um, Clickbait. They don't show a photo of that either. Um... The same photograph that was taken on the Apollo 11 astronauts reveals structures like huge tower on the surface of the moon, which clearly points to the fact that aliens are present there. This this article is terrible. I mean, I'll keep reading it because it's fun. But it doesn't give any detail, and the pictures don't line up with anything. There are interesting pictures, though. So I'll tag, uh, I'll put the link in the show notes. Right next to the Zeeman crater on the far side of the moon, there is a huge rectangular-shaped impression on the moon that is accompanied by straight raised tiers and terraces. They do have a photo of this. The presence of such structures is certainly not caused by natural means and points strongly towards an alien existence on the dark side of the moon. Sure. It is weird. It does have a perfect like oval look to it. I'm going to turn this around so you can see it. They highlighted it in yellow in the photo. Yeah, um, natural phenomenon though can cause like I, I can it see could. both sides of the argument. Yeah. That one. Uh, there's another tower photo. It has a black sphere on the top of it. How could how could you tell there's a black sphere if the atmosphere is black? Yeah, you can't. <laughs> uh, Sir Frederick William Herschel, the man who do- discovered the planet of Uranus, claims he spotted bright lights traversing. <laughs> Over the dark side of the moon in 1987, which by no means were natural. Uh, I guess so. (laughs) 
Various astronomers from different corners of the world have reported the existence of small luminous orbs on the dark side of the moon, which has made it evident the dark side of the moon has good visitations by aliens. Here's another photo of the giant structures on the moon. I mean, I have an argument for the different colored orbs that can be seen on the dark side of the moon. Mm-hmm. You know, when you look at meteorites, they all have different uh, chemical uh, components, elemental components. So, you know, like when they burn up in an atmosphere, you know, iron burns one color. But the moon is not geologically active. There's no volcanic activity. There's no, there are moonquakes. No, but if, if, uh, say. There's no gases in the yeah, atmosphere so they wouldn't, either. They wouldn't burn up in the atmosphere. I don't, yeah. Scratch that one. Uh, this one says there's structures resembling buildings, interconnected pathways on the other side of the moon. Then they give a photo of like a deserted compound out in the desert. It's not. <laughs> if this is a real photo, I mean, I'll turn this one around too. If this is a real photo, how come we haven't seen that before? That's pretty like, yeah, there's structures there. Yeah, that's. I, I, it's not a fake photo. It's a photo of something, but I think it's a photo of Earth. Yeah. Uh, and then there's like pyramids and other weird shadows. Um, yeah. So, what are your thoughts on? And this is probably a topic for another episode. But what are your, what are your thoughts on that uh, that whole Black Knight UFO? I think it's a piece of space junk yeah. that's left over from some test that we don't know about. I would agree with you. Uh, it could even be, I'm a proponent that there could have been past civilizations with high technology, and it could be a remnant of that, too. Like a satellite that they left up there? Yeah, or something that they left in space that didn't, you know, is on a good orbit, so it never burnt up, never came back in. Maybe it does give off some sort of signal that we just don't know how to detect. Mm-hmm. Or we do, or it's ours, and it's just... <laughs> we forgot about it. No, I mean, it, just because the public is not acknowledged to the public doesn't mean that it's not oh, something gotcha. that we know and use. Yeah. So maybe they, the, the photos went out there, so they can't say that it's not there. Yeah, the best place to hide is right out in public view. All right, Larry. Well, that turned into a good episode. Yeah, and uh, just before we leave, I just wanted to say, make sure you guys sign up to get that uh, that monthly Ecto Mailer. Uh, you forgot the name of it? <laughs> yeah. The Ecto Files. Come on, Larry. You're an author in it. I know. First time around, I guess, and you're still getting used to being on the show. You got to loosen up a little bit more still. You're doing good, but you got to loosen up a little bit more still. And if we haven't convinced you to go get it yet just picture that everyone that jason mails out he goes to a different mailbox just so he doesn't get caught yes actually i do have so um one of our patrons posted a photo in the comments of somebody else's photo of them receiving it and this was her interaction because she's international and it went to a um it went to her mailing address which happens to be her mom's house it says hi blank you got an envelope today from the ectoplasm show with my address do you want me to open it she said oh it's the first edition of the ectophiles just keep it for me and she's mom says okay what are ectophiles <laughs> and she says dot 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 sorry mom it's top secret and she says joking or real question mark question mark <laughs> question mark and then sue says it's a newsletter but if the men in black show up, we never had this conversation. <laughs> and mom says, what conversation? That's hilarious. I know. That's great. People are loving it, man. Everybody that I've heard from um, are very happy that they're getting it. They're very they're excited for it to keep going. And I'm going to keep building it in to be something better. So go to ectoplasmshow.com and go to our Patreon. Join Ecto Plus at the $8 level. If you don't feel you can do the $8 level, I completely understand. If you can just do a dollar, you'll still be a meat mate. Any of the final words for the people out there, Larry? No. <laughs> Not that I can think of. <laughs> All right. Well, we're going out tonight, and 
I did like there was a point last night that I I had the camera on. I was having a cigar. I had the camera on, but it was completely dark. I didn't have any light on, but I was standing next to the camera and I was like, this is when it's gonna happen. They're gonna find the camera in a couple days and you're just gonna hear my death <laughs> and nobody. Um But there's strength in numbers, I guess. Yeah. I would have I think I think honestly, Eric will never hear this. I think honestly, he would uh, probably end up shooting one of us by mistake if something actually happened. Like, not a person coming out there, but if we ever had like a gray or whatever show up or walk up, I would be more worried about getting shot <laughs> from him. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, anyway, sorry, Eric, but that's I, that's the truth. So. <laughs> 